Thank you for checking out this episode of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. You can find the podcast over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review, and I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you just leave four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can follow me on social media over at pjordansec. You can email me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com. Welcome to Wiregrass Daily News Sports. This is your daily look at sports in the Wiregrass and the Southeast. Dothan Wolves on 96.9, the legend producer, Philip Jordan, breaks the news, covers the games, and talks to experts in the Wiregrass and Southeast. And now, Philip Jordan. What's up, everybody? Welcome into today's edition of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. I am your host, Phil Jordan, in studio host and producer for Dustin Wolves Football and Auburn Rider for Last Word on College Football. And joining me, as he does every week, to preview the football weekend, that is Matt Lowe from Field Level Media. He has an article up right now on the Auburn Mississippi State uh, barn burner matchup we should get uh, this Saturday at two thirty. But anyways, Matt, uh, it's always good to talk to you. I hope you have a good w- had a good week so far. Yeah, man, I've had a good week and uh, looking forward to uh, that Georgia Florida game this weekend. It's going to be a big, big one. Both teams have had two weeks off. Uh, you know. Little thoughts from last week. I think Alabama, you know, they started slow, but they kind of dominated that game in the second half. And, you know, a lot of people were riding Tommy Reese early in the season, and he's he's got to give him credit where credit's due. I mean, they're moving the ball a little bit better on offense and playing really good defense. Defense seems like it's getting better each week. So, uh, but, yeah, man, I was just looking forward to another another big weekend. Yeah, unfortunately, we'll get to it in a, uh, when we get to the games. But uh, Georgia and Florida have been on the same time. Mississippi State and Auburn, no one had to be there. Locked into Auburn uh, while that is going on. Now, that'll be uh, two TVs uh, will be rocking and rolling on Saturday with that one. Um, yeah, Alabama, i tell you one thing. Though, they can't start out like that against LSU because LSU will not kick field goals inside the five because we know, one for one, Brian Kelly will go for it. He's he's shown that that – Riverboat gambler mentality. So uh, Alabama does not need a slow start when Tus- uh, when LSU comes to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I mean, and, and LSU though, I mean, they're going against that against that Alabama defense. It's going to be. I don't think it's going to be easy sledding. You know, going against them. And I'll tell you another game that I, that that you know I'm a fan of this Duke Blue Devils team and the way they play. And they had a twenty to seventeen lead in the in the third quarter, and they're on the goal line, and they go for it on I think four, it was from the four yard line, mm-hmm. and don't get it. Set a kick and a field goal, and that seemed like it flipped the game around right there, you know. So, and the Caleb Williams, you know, this talk about Caleb Williams sitting out the rest of the season. I don't know that I don't think that's him per se, but like USC man, they just don't have a defense, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can't win big games without a defense. And his body language after that game was pretty bad. Uh, but, you know, it goes back to the day and age of football we're in now where these guys, I guess, kind of give up on their team if it's not going their way. And I know he's going to be a number one pick and all that. But, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a believer in bailing on your team. 
Yeah, I, I'm not either. It's one thing to do it in a bowl game, but during the season, that's just a completely that's a whole another another thing. Uh, because technically, I mean, you still, I mean, yes, the, the playoff is out of the question now. But I mean, you, you still have a team that you could compete for the Pac-12 championship game. I mean, it's going to be tough for that defense. Isn't good, but still, you've got a, a squad offensively that at least can be there. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Duke and Florida State. That's where we're going to lead off is Florida State and Wake Forest. Look, I. I would say it. I feel like we're both going to pick FSU here. Um, I think too. Riley Leonard getting hurt last week in that game turned it to. They just were not the same. It almost felt like Duke was deflated offensively when Riley Leonard got hurt, and obviously wanted to get back in the game. Mike Elko wouldn't get him, let him back in. I tell you what, I liked Matt out of Florida State. I liked in the second half they got Jordan Travis going in the run game. I really think that opened up their offense because I feel like. They have not been doing that as much, Let him try to show that he can be more of a pure passer. I think if they unleash that part of their game, they, they got all the way to go is up in the ACC, especially North Carolina loss. And it, Clemson just got their third loss. It seems like it's Florida State's conference to to lose now, but I think Florida State's going to win by the, the 20 and a half. Wake Forest is down this year, but uh, – but yeah, I'm going to take Florida State in this first one. We're going to do. Yeah, me too. And, and Travis is a big kid. I mean, so I think he led the led the team in rushing. So that's that makes you a lot more difficult to prepare for too down the road when when your quarterback can really run like that because when plays break down, he can he can he can burn you on third downs or you know second longs, third and longs, and, and get the first down. Yeah, and you know, and then he can always like pull it back and some RPOs and play action off of it. When you've got Johnny Wilson and you've got uh, Keon Coleman there on the outside, I mean, they've got weapons all over the place. So it's just, it's amazing how, you know, how much their offense can go. I don't think they'll have to use him in the run game this week, but down the road, look, who knows down the road, Florida might be a tough one. And then whoever they play in the ACC title game, I mean, that could be something sure. that they're going to bring back out in the big games. Like a game that's Wake Forest, I don't think you need to use Jordan Travis in a run game. But at least they now know, okay, in the future, this is something we can use. And it, it really held them in the second half. Yeah, he, yeah, and he's he's not out of the Heisman race yet mm-hmm. either. So he's posted some pretty big numbers. And there's still, there's still a lot of football left to be played. Yes. Um, next, we'll jump into the SEC. South Carolina is playing at Texas A&M. Uh, another rough game for South Carolina last week against Missouri. They fell down big early. Just they were never in it. Look, South Carolina really can't run the ball, and their defense is not good. It's it's a Spencer Rattler show, and I just don't think he has enough around him. He's playing solid. And going against this A&M defense, we know what they're about, getting after the quarterback. They don't really turn the ball over too much on offense. Uh I'm kind of I'm, I'm leaning A and M here. Is that where you're going to go here? Yeah, I think I mean A and M's had two weeks to prepare too, so I, yeah, they, they're going to have fresh legs. South Carolina, I mean, I just don't know where their morale is right now. And it's like you said, I mean, Spencer Allard didn't have a touchdown pass last week. If he doesn't throw a couple of touchdown passes, they really don't have chances against good teams. So, uh, but yeah, man, I like A and M. I like A and M pretty big here. I mean, A and M's a couple of plays away from. You know, maybe beating the Tennessee, maybe beating the Alabama. So they're they're not a bad team. No, they're not. And they lead the SEC. Even being off last week, they lead the SEC with twenty nine sacks. And so I feel like just Spencer Rattler's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be th- trying to throw from his backside a lot. And hey, they're going to College Station too. Did you know I think it's shaping up there will not be a single night game at College Station this year? 
That's a shame. I mean, I, I think every SEC team should have a, a night game. I mean, that's that's Even a Vanderbilt. distinctive that's a distinct advantage, you know. Uh, Even but yeah, I mean, but, but you also have to win during the during the season to get them, you know. Yeah. So that that a lot of that determines if you play at night or not. Yeah, except Vanderbilt. You know, yeah, you can't have them playing at night. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, we don't have Vandy on the list today. Yeah, and and in this game, eleven a.m. ESPN. A&M is a 14-point favorite. The over-under is 54. Yeah, I got A&M big. I think they win by multiple touchdowns in this one, too. Um, next, let's go into Georgia and Florida. Uh, that's the next up here on the list. I am going. I know they don't want you calling it this anymore, Matt, but I'm going to call it. it. It is what it is. It is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. We know this. And I'm kind of intrigued by this one because this is our first time seeing Georgia without Brock Bowers. How does the offense look without him? What are they going to do? Because I'll tell you what, and I, you've heard me. I was down on Graham Mertz to start the season. He's played really well. He's a top five SEC passer. They've got a good run game. They're one of the better defenses in the SEC. I still look back on uh, what they did to Tennessee in the run game. Perhaps maybe they can do that against Georgia a little bit, get on the outside. They've got playmakers. Ricky Pearsall, what, what's going to go there? Um, I, I – or you, Lane? I'll let you go first on this one. Oh, also, and I keep forgetting. I'm I'm off off track here. Uh, Georgia's a 14 and a half point favorite in this one with the over under at 47. I think that's a big line for this game. Uh, both I of them have had two it. weeks to prepare. I mean, you take away a generational talent in Bowers. Uh, I think probably. I know Oscar Delp. He's the true freshman tight end. He's a really good player, uh, but he's not Brock Bowers. Uh, so. I would expect – I think Lyon McConkey's finally healthy. He's, he's been ha, been dealing with back issues most most of the season. And Ra-Ra Thomas is another guy. I expect them to use their receivers a little bit more. I also expect them to use their backs out of the backfield a little bit more. But, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Pearsall. I think he's one of the better receivers in America that nobody knows about, really. And Montreal Johnson there and Trevor Ntna. that's a good – running back duo. I, I, I do think, like you mentioned, I think uh, Florida probably needs to study the Auburn tape and, and look where they can maybe attack Georgia on the perimeter and not up the middle. I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's just hard to run on Georgia up the middle. And, you know, uh, and nobody's giving Florida a chance in this game, really. So, usually – Usually when that happens, teams come out and play pretty well. I mean, I, I do think I do think the Gators have a chance, but I, I, I lean on Georgia winning the game uh, because I like Kirby in a two week time frame to get rid of get rid of get ready for opponents. But uh, I think this is going to be a good ball game. I really do. Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm going with Georgia, but I think it's close. I, I really do, and I think honestly. You could look at it probably defensive oriented game because, like I said, Florida. I, I think it just comes down to Graham Mertz. Does do we see the Graham Mertz we sometimes saw at Wisconsin in bigger games? Fourth quarter, he starts throwing interceptions. If he doesn't do that, manages the game well, they should have a shot. And you talk about Kirby Smart. I know you've probably seen all this stuff this week with the uh, Michigan stuff with the. Did you see what uh, Kirby Smart said about that? They asked him about that because uh, there was speculation that Michigan sent somebody to the last two SEC championship games. And uh, Kirby just said, well, uh, didn't it, it didn't look like it really helped them much if they weren't uh, still in our signals when they played in the playoff two years ago. So, 
Yeah, and look, man, stealing signals has been a part of sports for a long time. But I think it's a little bit different when you go buy a seat in the stadium and have somebody. It's basically an operation. I mean, because yeah. baseball, you still sign like like what the Astros were doing a couple of years ago. That that's blatantly cheating. I mean, it's it's yeah. when you know a curveball is coming as a major league hitter or a fastball. I mean, those guys can tee off on it, but. Uh, it's like Deion Sam- Sanders said earlier. I mean, you still got to stop them, mm-hmm. you know. And I heard, I just heard an interview with uh, well, Steve Spurrier with Paul Feinbaum, and he was talking about. It. He goes, you know, we have four or five GAs, or, or now you call on field assistants or whatever, in the box on eye on their sidelines to pick up on, you know, w- what a team. And he said, I can't, I can't remember who they were playing, and they saw the sign for a quarter's defense was no free safety and. And uh, they they threw a touchdown pass. I mean that to me that's gamesmanship, mm-hmm. you know. But if you're running an operation to go buy tickets and, and, and as your opponents down the road and, and you're filming the whole game, that's a little bit different, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. I, I feel like you would think, and I think I've seen some stuff on this where about college may go to having you know, what NFL does, you know, the micro, you know, in the speakers and the headsets. In the helmets. Oh, you talking about so they can call plays? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, aren't there some out there like that already? I know. I, I don't think they do it in college yet, where they, you know, where they have them speaking into their helmets. But I, I think that's uh, that's been kind of a conversation. And really, look, all the money college football makes, they should have already been doing that. Yeah, well, I'm sure that'll be around the corner, but. I mean, as many guys stand over there and have signs and are doing this and doing that. I mean, you know, it, 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 you should be able to, you should be able to hide your your play calls somewhat. Yeah, and then all the odd stuff they'll have on the the poster boards yeah. and stuff over there. It's just <laughs> it, it is a wild, and that's an operation in itself. How uh, teams do signal and stuff and everything. But anyways. Um, also, two thirty on Saturday. Like I mentioned, uh, your article up at Field Level level media mississippi state four and three at auburn is three and four four straight losses for the tigers 230 sec network auburn's a six and a half point favorite here the over under is 43 and a half points that is very generous in my opinion with these two offenses the way they've looked this year i'm gonna say this this is the most important football game of the auburn season and i say that for this reason you win this saturday you're four and four you play vanderbilt the next week at vanderbilt Let's just say that they should win that one. That's your fifth win. You should beat New Mexico State. You go to a bowl game. And who knows what the mindset of Arkansas is going to be in a few weeks when you play them. Auburn can still get the six or seven wins this year. But I think it all starts with this Saturday against Mississippi State. Yeah, and, and Philip, I mean, to me, watching that game last week, I mean, the defense played tremendous. Mm-hmm. And Ron Roberts has – I've really been impressed with his play calling as a defensive coordinator. They had a bunch of tackles for loss last week, and and the guys played hard. Uh, I I think the frustrating thing for me watching that game a little bit was, first of all, the rotating the quarterbacks. I mean, you got to pick one, man. You got to pick one. I mean, and and if those two – if you're not confident in those two, try somebody else. I mean, I I just – but it's like Peyton Thor said in the interviews, like, man, I've never been, I've never done this before. I've never been rotated in and out 
for the quarterback spot. And in fairness to him, that's kind of – that's tough on a quarterback, you know. And, and so I think something has – a decision has to be made there. And I also didn't understand that early in the game, Auburn went for it on fourth and one in their own territory and it led to Ole Miss touchdown. Look, man, I, I'm all for being aggressive, especially on fourth and ones. But when you're in the first quarter, punt the ball. You're at home. It's at night. Look, we we know how hard that place is to win in at night, you know. So I, I just didn't know. And then in the third quarter, when you're about the 50-yard line and you're at a tie ball game and it's fourth and one, you punt it. Like it's like you're playing a top twenty-five team. Are you? Are you not trying to play to win? I just thought the freeze was a little, uh, little nonchalant with with trying to to beat a good team. That's just my opinion on it. Yeah, and, and going and looking at this this, I think Will Rogers still could be out. You know, so Mike yeah. Wright would still be, and he's he's only started one game in his career. Uh, Mississippi State doesn't really have a running game. Uh, so I, I, I think a low-score game, watch them score like 50-something points in this game. That would probably be, <laughs> you know, the way it, way it rolls out. But, yeah, I mean, Auburn has got to figure out the quarterback spot. And another thing, you, you got to throw the ball a little bit more. You because Because all these five and seven to ten-yard routes that they're running – these defensive coordinators who get paid well to stop people, are, they're they're having their guys sit on those routes, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it's just it's just they're not going. I mean, you gotta you gotta try to throw the ball down the field a little bit because even if it's intercepted, it's like a punt. So I, I just the offense needs some shaking up, in my opinion. Yeah, it got to make sense. I, I think Hugh Freeze may alluded to maybe going with Robbie Ashford whole game. I don't know. Just pick one. That, that's my yeah, whole thing. I mean, just, just go with one or the other. And it, what bothered me against Ole Miss was the double pass attempt. When they put Holden Garner out there, I mean, Matt, they tried to – I think they even had the sleeves on to make them look like a receiver. These guys at Ole Miss knew that was Holden Garner coming out. They knew what was going on. And here's my thing. If he's good enough to throw a pass off a double pass, I think – wasn't he be good enough just to line up at quarterback and let him play? Um, and then you mentioned that there was one time they had a fourth and one, but then they had illegal substitution, pushed them back five yards. They still go for it and they run the ball three yards and then they have to give the ball back. I mean, that showed me there's absolutely no confidence in whoever's at quarterback with the passing game. And I know it was at the end of the game, but Ole Miss was still trying to stop Auburn because they knew Auburn scores. They could kick an onside kick and get the ball back. Auburn went no huddle. They went tempo. Peyton Thorne, they moved the ball right down the field, and they scored a touchdown. I'm like, where was that the whole game? I think Auburn needs to go into that a little bit more, more up-tempo and just kind of go in that route. Well, and, and look, man, you got nothing to lose. Mm-mm. You're 0-3 in the league. You're, you you got a good team. You're right there toe-for-toe toe with be aggressive, man. You know, I mean, I I just and, – and they threw the ball to Fairweather about three or four times there at the end of the game, and, and the guy just – he palmed the ball over the goal line. Like, I mean, I just don't – it just seemed to me like Auburn tried to play to lose that game. And, and I yeah. might be wrong by saying that, but uh, – 
you have nothing to lose right now. Be aggressive. I mean, yeah. and nobody's really expecting the team to do anything this year. I mean, so lay it all out there, man. The hell the defense laid it out there. I tell you that right now. Then they play great. So, yeah. but I, it, to my prediction on this game. I mean, I think Auburn's going to win, but uh, I mean, they're at home. I, I think they're a better team than Mississippi State, especially if Mike Wright plays. But uh, something's got to change on offense. I mean, again, if your guy throws interceptions, I mean, let him throw the ball. Let him throw the ball, and they're not going to get any better not throwing the ball. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, and I'm going to go to Auburn too. I think they're going to win. A, uh, I think they'll be win by ten. I'm going to call it Auburn wins by ten in this one. Like you said, if Mike Wright plays, uh, I had the stats right here. Uh, he was eight of twelve last week, eighty-five yards, one touchdown. He rushed for sixty. He was their leading rusher on the ground. And so, look, if that's the kind of production there, that, that looks like Auburn production the way it's kind of been a quarterback with them. But yeah, uh, no, yeah. you mentioned that you mentioned that that quarterback pass. I heard the guy yelling on the TV. Go quarterback pass, quarterback pass. I mean, they, they knew it was coming. Yeah, they knew it was coming. And like the end, the, 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 the another thing I had a problem with that was you were driving the ball. It was tied at 14. It was yeah. still tied at 14. There's no yeah. – I would get it if you if you did something like that when you were down 28 to 14. Then you have to just do maybe something desperate or just try try something that's going to work. You're right. You're driving the ball. You've got a kicker that's got a leg on him. Mm-hmm. Just getting get in range for him and you could go up. You could have taken a lead there too. That was another thing. Then you end up going – was it third and 19, third and long. And you run the ball. Jarquez Hunter got a few yards. So I mean, yeah. it was just it, it. That was a big, big mistake by Hugh Freeze. Here, here's here's the thing with me on trick plays. I think trick plays are good when you're ahead in a game, mm-hmm. when you're controlling things, when you're running the ball, you're moving the ball. To me, trick plays are tricky when you're in a tight game. And like I remember when Harson ran the double reverse pass against LSU last year and do, threw it right to the defender. I mean, and you're on the goal line. You had first and goal on the goal line. I mean, and, and I don't know. I just think trick plays are good when you're ahead in a football game. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, let's move on to uh, Tennessee at Kentucky, a pair of five and two teams. Uh, six o'clock ESPN. Tennessee's a four-point favorite in this one. The over-under is 51 and a half. I thought Tennessee was going to get Alabama. The way that game went was going last week, I thought for sure, okay, but – 13 to nothing, you're kind of like, okay, Alabama's just a score away from me back in it. Tennessee should have been at 21 to nothing instead of 13 to zero. But, you know, Alabama came out. Look, Joe Mills, a quarterback, he's he's got the physical tools, but he's, it's just not the same team as it was with Hendon Hooker. But on this side, I look at Kentucky, Devin Leary hasn't impressed. With, I mean, he's been inconsistent. I, I think that, that over under 51 and a half, man, I wouldn't be surprised this is a defensive game. Be honest with you, because of the, I don't know what these two quarterbacks are going to do. Well, Kentucky's defense hasn't really played that great here recently. Uh, and I, I remember I mentioned to you last week that I thought they Tennessee should have ran Milton Moore. They had the zone read open several times against Texas A&M, and, and he just handed the ball off. So I think that guy needs to run the ball more. But uh, I, I will say this, Tennessee's defense is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they yes. they can get after the they can get after you, and uh, so I like them to go. What's what's that line again? Uh, Tennessee is favored by four. I like them to go in there and get get a seven to ten point win. 
I just think Tennessee's a better team than Kentucky. Yeah, I do too. I think I think they're going to go in there and they're going to win. I think Kentucky's probably an eight and fourteen this year. They'll, which they got Alabama coming up too, so we're maybe looking at eight four seven five. And then look, Louisville's playing really well. They play them at yep. the end of the season. So I mean, Kentucky. I was really thinking this year uh, with Liam Cohen coming back as offensive coordinator. We knew what they usually are defensively. I like Ray Davis, the running back from Vanderbilt. And like I said, Devin Leary, I thought, okay, this was a guy that was uh, preseason a year ago, ACC player of the year. But it just hasn't worked out for him. With but a yeah, lot of experience. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a guy with a lot of snaps. He's played in some big games. I, I believe he broke a – I think it was the touchdown passes record in a season for North Carolina State. It was one of Phillip Rivers' records. I mean, that's no slouch when you break no, one of no. Phillip Rivers' records because – uh, you know, a lot of people don't remember because it was so long ago. But when Phillip Rivers left college, he owned about every record there was in college football as a passer. I mean, Colt Brennan eventually broke them, and some other people have as well. But, yeah, so I, I've been very disappointed in Kentucky this year. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to go Tennessee on this one. I don't think we have picked opposites on a single one of these games yet. Um, the last kind one. Of, kind of a week. It's kind of a kind – of Yeah, it is. You know, it is. It's interesting games, but not like real big games like we kind of got last week. You know, but, the, but then again, that's when, that's that's when they when the upsets happen. That's why if you got two losses, the season's not over yet. I mean, there's still a lot of football left to be played. I just think this time next year, we're talking about these teams with two losses, they're still in the playoff hunt when we get to the twelve team playoff. Yep. that's going to make yep. it even more wild and bigger as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, we're going to close up with the college games five and two Troy. At five and two, Texas State. Texas State. TJ Finley is their starting quarterback, playing really well over there. Uh, this will be six o'clock on ESPN Plus. Troy is a five and a half point favorite. The over under is fifty three points. Now Troy was off last week. They're coming in after an off week. Troy's defense has been great lately. I mean, yep. they have shut down everybody. And then Kamani Vidal, one of the top running backs in the country, uh, when he runs well, Troy plays well. But, man, I'm interested. They're going to Texas, though. They're going on the road. And then South Alabama's next Thursday. So, that's a big rivalry game coming up. Hoping maybe Troy's not looking ahead. Uh, I'm going to pick Troy to win this one because I like the defense. But th- this is not going to be an easy game for the Trojans. No, and, and and Texas State could score. I mean, and Ismael Mahdi, their running back, he's a good player. Joey Hobart there is a good receiver. Uh, but I, I will say this, man. I mean, Troy's secondary is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, Reddy Stewart's a good player. I mean, they've always they've always had a good secondary. It seems like. I mean, yeah, for for the longest time, first place on the line in the Sun Belt West with this game. Uh, I, I I'm I hate not disagreeing with you on anything, but I I mean, right now I can't go against Troy the way they're playing on defense. I mean, they're on a roll right now. I mean, they're beating people pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, they're the best defense in the Sun Belt, too, right now. I mean, teams are only averaging uh, 17.4, but that's got the non-conference in there. Uh, teams are only getting 282 yards a game against them. Uh, the only conference game they lost was against James Madison, which that's the best team in the Sun Belt, but they can't even play for the title. And that's another thing with this game, too, as well. You got to keep winning because you want to get that conference championship game at home. And that's kind of what Troy's looking to do for the back-to-back years, too, as well. So, it should be interesting, like I said, then that next Thursday, the battle of the belt between Troy and 
South Alabama. So that, that's just a tough two week stretch for Troy too. Two big yeah, and, and they Philip they gave up thirty points to Stephen F. Austin and then forty two to Kansas State. But after that, I mean, Western Kentucky put twenty four on them, but. James Madison scored only 15, Georgia State scored seven, Arkansas State three, Army zero. So that's a pretty strong little little uh, little run right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So we both got – maybe these uh, – we got about four NFL games we're going to pick real quickly as we get out of here. Uh, but let's start off with those. Uh, we're going to start off with the Falcons at the Titans. And, look, the Falcons should win this game. Well, it's the NFL. Anything can happen you know, any given Sunday. Oh, yeah. It looks like all signs are pointing to that Will Levis is going to start this game yep. for Tennessee. Uh, so his first career start, I mean, it is in Tennessee, and they're two and four. It really feels like the Titans are kind of like now, kind of like just selling everything off. The rumors about Derrick Henry being on the trademark, uh, other players there for some veterans. Um, you got a lot of Falcons here, but the turnovers, Matt, they, they, last week. In that win against Tampa, they should have beat Tampa by more than they did. Oh yeah, but the turnovers, Desmond Ritter, and their turnovers. I think I uh, we should have looked at the over under on Desmond Ritter turnovers in the game, but the over under in this game is thirty six points. So Vegas well, is not, not right. Off. I mean, about every game Atlanta plays, it's about twenty to seventeen, something like that. Sixteen, <laughs> yeah, thirteen. But I mean, you Atlanta said that last to, week. You said that last week. And yeah, I mean, I, well, I've been true. watching for two years of every game. So I mean, it's uh, Bijan Robinson. He's going to play. He had a, he he last Sunday before the game. He didn't, wasn't feeling good. Someone right there. He's going to play. Quarterell Patterson's back in the back in action, playing well. Uh, you know, Atlanta's got the number three total defense in the NFL, and I think mm-hmm. they're eighth in rushing defense. So. I mean, I know Tennessee, they'd like to run the ball with Henry, but this defense that Atlanta has is made to stop the run. And it, it's like you said, Philip. I mean, Ritter, which, look, this is this will be his 11th start, 12th start, something like that. He's really coming on as a passer. He looks like he's getting more comfortable. Uh, so, but he threw three interceptions in the loss to Washington. One was on the goal line. Had three fumbles in the red zone against Tampa Bay, you know, one one on the goal line and one crossing the goal line. So you take that if Atlanta can punch those plays in right there, they win comfortably. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think this Atlanta team's good. They just got to clean that stuff up. And when they clean it up and get a little bit more comp, when Ritter gets a little bit more confidence, they're going to be a tough team to deal with. So I like Atlanta yeah. here too. Yeah, I like I like the Falcons on this. It's just because the Titans in their situation too. I mean, you can't expect yeah, a just, lot out of Will Levis in this one. And they and just traded their Pro Bowl. They just traded their Pro Bowl safety Kevin Byard. You know, and he's he's the glue of their team on defense. Yeah, I don't. Sure enough, watch the Titans win. That's that's the way the NFL goes. But I I think Atlanta's just a better team than they are. Yeah, I do too. Uh, that, that's going to go into the next NFL game, which we're only doing for these uh, the Southeast teams. The Patriots will be at the Dolphins. This is the second time team these two teams have played. It was close last time. And how about the Patriots beating the Buffalo Bills last week? Everybody talking about Bill Belichick can't do it anymore. Mac Jones, what's his future? Mac Jones had a solid game against Buffalo last week. He was twenty-five of thirty for two seventy-two, two 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 touchdowns zero interception so he played 
really well. Dolphins coming off that loss to the Eagles where I don't even feel like that game was as close as it was. You know, 31 17, it wasn't even that close. The Dolphins really only had one good drive the whole game. The other two scores, they kind of got got helped out in that department. So I'm going to pick this one first. I'm as all I just said about the Dolphins, I think Dolphins are going to win. I think they're a better team. They're going to bounce back. And the Dolphins beat teams with losing records. The winning record teams is the ones they had the issues with. But I like the, I like the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, here's the thing about the Pats. So that everybody wants to blame Mac Jones, but they don't have an elite number one guy receiver. And their offensive line isn't that good. I mean, that guy's got pounded and pounded and pounded. I mean, and I thought New England would be more of a team that really relied on running the football and play-action passing this year, but their offensive line just hadn't got it done. Look, Tyreek Hill might not play. Raheem Mozart's got an ankle injury. Uh, Jalen Waddle's got a back injury. I think he's going to play. Their offensive line's banged up. I think the Dolphins are going to win, but – I. I, I think this is going to be a pretty close game just because they're division rivals. I mean, these and you, these divisional games in the NFL, they're all so familiar with each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And so th- they're usually a lot tighter than people think just because they play each other two times a year and they know, know each other's tendencies and what they're going to do. So, and I, I mean, I, Bill Belichick, man, that guy, you, you take Tyreek Hill and Mozart and maybe Waddle out off the Dolphins offense. That's a lot of, that's a lot of firepower. So I, I think the Patriots make this a good game. Yeah, last time they played it was 24-17 in week two when they went to New England. So I'll uh, probably expect the same thing here. Like I said, division matchups. These teams always just know uh, what the other's doing. Uh, battle of rookie quarterbacks, Texans at the Panthers. The Texans are 3-3. Three and three. CJ Stroud has played really well this year. Bryce Young and Panthers, they are 0-6. 12 o'clock Fox. Uh, Houston's a three-point favorite over under 43 they just don't protect Bryce Young at Carolina. I mean, it, it's just he has no time to throw. And I, I'm not trying to pick or anything, Matt, but I, I swear when I watch him play, it, he looks like a kid out there uh, playing uh, as small. He always was smaller at Alabama, but you see him yeah. in the pros is different. He got a lot of Houston, right? I mean, the way they're playing, um, they were close to beating Atlanta a few weeks ago. Stroud's playing well. But also you got to figure at some point Carolina's going to get a win. Yeah, and I think it's here because Carolina's got a good defense, and that's always a tough place to play. Uh, so I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with the Panthers here to pull an upset. I, I, but I think this is gonna be a pretty good game. I will say this: D'Amico Rhymes has the Texans. They play hard, man. And Henry Tuatoa, he I think he's leads their the defense and tackles. You know, so which I mean, if you'd have told me that. Before the season, that Toto would have led the Texans in tackles, I probably wouldn't have said. Um, but I mean, he's he's uh he's he's really become a player for them, and and they got a lot of good young players. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna roll yeah. with the Panthers. I think they pull an upset. All right, I'm gonna stay with Houston. So this is our one uh, tiebreaker for the week, I guess the way it's looking. And, you know, I think a lot of Alabama fans forget because he was you know pre saving you know Tamiko Ryan's former Alabama linebacker. Yeah, I mean, why not get Alabama players, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just think a lot of – some Alabama fans are just like only know the Saban era players. But, you know, D'Amico, yeah. one of the better ones they had there. Uh, the last one, three and four Saints at the three and four Colts. And this is uh, on Fox wherever, if you can get it. It's 12 o'clock Fox. The Colts are a one-point favorite in this one. The over-under is 43 and a half. 
I watched the Jaguars and the Saints last week, Matt. And the Saints, if you're a fan, they've got to be frustrating. You've got Derek Carr, who's a solid quarterback. You got Alvin Kamara running back. You got Chris Olave. You've got Michael Thomas, who scored a touchdown. I was like, okay, where's this guy being? They've got guys on defense. They were two of five in the red zone, and they didn't even capitalize on two of the turnovers that the Jaguars gave them. I mean, the, the Saints had these opportunities in this game. And, and in the Colts, Gardner Minshew, the quarterback, you know, Anthony Richardson's out for the year. I'm I'm picking the Saints in this one, but I'm not conf I'm not confident in it because I feel like they could find a way to lose it, kind of like they did last week against Jacksonville. Yeah, and you know, Gar every Gardner Minshew is a pretty good quarterback. And, he and is one Colts. of the best backups in the league without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, I mean, every every time that guy comes in and enrolls somewhere, he does well. I mean, he's mm -hmm. And he plays – he's got – I don't know if he still has a stash or not, but I, that's what I remember him having, the stash and the headband and, you know, all that. But the Colts – the Colts are a good young team, and, and they got a lot of explosive pieces on offense. Uh, and they got robbed in that game last week against the Browns on a couple of bad pass interference calls. A guy threw one in the stands and called pass interference. Uh, but I'm going to roll the Colts here. I, I think they've scored 20 points in every game they played. Uh, so yeah, and I'm like you with New Orleans. What is wrong with their offense, dude? You got good players, you got a good line. I mean, you got if I if I was, I think there's gonna be points scored in this game, but I'm gonna roll the Colts. Yeah, I'm gonna go Saints. I don't like I said, I don't feel 100% confident in it, but I'm gonna roll with the roll with New Orleans in this one. So it should be a fun weekend of college football Saturday. Some good NFL games on Sunday. And uh, Matt, before we get out of here, I'll uh, tell everybody about the uh, the website, fieldlevelmedia.com, where you do some Yeah, we got uh, injury reports galore up there, college football previews, NFL. We have the Major League Baseball playoffs, uh, betting information if you want that. Uh, but, yeah, I got my Auburn preview in Mississippi State up there. The Falcons will be up uh, tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, go check it out, fieldlevelmedia.com. All right, sounds good, Matt. I appreciate it always. You're doing this every week, and I look forward to next week. Yeah, buddy, appreciate it. All right, remember, you can follow me on social media at P. Jordan SEC. The podcast available on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review, and I'll read it on a future edition of the show. And if you leave just four stars, you're just a straight-up hater. You can also check out the show over at wiregrassdailynews.com. You can email me at sportsstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com and check out all my written work over at Last Word on college football. Make sure to check out the Jay Kennedy Coaches Show every week, Thursdays at 8 o'clock. You can check out the podcast on this feed as well. Hope everybody has a great, great weekend. A lot of good football to, to see. High school football Friday night with Dothan and Opelika. And then we just heard us break down the college and the pro games. Anyways, guys, hope you have a great rest of your day. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. You can find the podcast over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review, and I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you just leave four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can follow me on social media over at PJordanSEC. You can email me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com.